Welcome back to the Kettleman You Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rose, and today I'm just going to chat with you. So I've had a lot of questions about fads in the industry or things that just don't make sense to me, and I just want to have a casual conversation with you about those. I am going to have a whole episode on fads, and I'm going to be talking to my dad before the episode and really get his information about what it was like to buy cattle 30 years ago and what he's seen change. But I'm just going to talk through a few things that I find fascinating or frustrating in the industry and kind of my take on them. So I'd love to know if you agree or if you disagree. This is going to be a pretty controversial episode, which I don't normally do. But there's just some things that I'm a really big believer in, and I want to share those. So let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Cattleman You Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattleman You. Through our conversations here, we share the latest ideas and techniques to help you start, improve, and expand your farmer ranch. Join us as we visit with industry experts and cattle producers to get honest ins and outs of beef production. We'll dive into topics such as cattle handling, nutrition, cattle markets, genetics, and so much more. We encourage everyone who's involved in the industry to listen. Let's dive in. I think the first thing to me is I am pretty confused and frustrated as to why agriculture and ranches have not been treated as a business. And I see this becoming a problem that is more glaring all the time. I don't think that a lot of operations view their ranch as a business. And I say that in the nicest way, but we absolutely have to make a profit If you run an ag operation, you have to make a profit. So there's two ways, right, to make a profit or two factors that play into it. You have to decrease expenses and increase income. In agriculture, we have really struggled with the expense side. I think we do a lot of tasks that keep us busy but are not revenue generators. I don't think we outsource like other industries do. And I think that we don't know our expenses like we should. And I mean this in a generalization. So if you feel like you're the exception to the rule, then don't take what I'm saying personally. But it's almost impossible for me to bid on someone's feeder calves when they don't know what it costs to raise them. And I understand that numbers are challenging and they fluctuate all the time. And it's not black and white in agriculture like it is if you made shoes. But we have to know our numbers and we have to shop around, not only with the income side, but let's just focus on the expense side. When was the last time you priced out all your insurances? When was the last time you called and asked a couple banks for a different operating interest percent? When was the last time that we made three or four calls to see where was the best place to get tires? And we forget to do those little things because we are dealing with living animals that demand a lot of our attention. But 
I am pretty concerned about the feasibility of the next generation of ranches. And I think the way that we switch that is we start running the ranch as a business. We diversify our income. They say that you need seven streams of income in order to be classified as a millionaire. But to be honest, I think most businesses need four, five, six streams of income. So if selling your calves is your main source of income, and then your cool cows are your second source of income, and the buck stops there, I'm going to challenge you. I think you need to add a couple more lines of income. And we have to treat this as a business. This is succession planning. This is employee relationships. I often talk to ranch families and employees are treated differently on ranches than they are in other type of businesses. If you have employees, you need a handbook. You need a time off policy. You need very standard things, even if they're part of the ranch. We have to move agriculture in this business direction, I think, in to ensure that the next generation is going to farm a ranch. And I just see a lot of people saying, well, it's the lifestyle. I'll live on less income because it's the lifestyle. I get that. It's a great lifestyle. I absolutely, that's one of my favorite parts of it, right? But there's no guarantee that the next generation is going to be interested in just the lifestyle. They have to be able to feed their families. And even though we're producing food for other people, the income has to be there in order to feed their family and to save for retirement. That brings me to my next point. I think it's time that we invest in retirement. If you are a young producer under the age of 45, you don't have a retirement account, you need to go get one you need to start setting money aside. I think it's a stressor to expect that the land is our retirement and our kids either have to choose to support us and stay on the operation or we have to sell it all. I don't think that's fair. It does not take a ton of money a month to make a difference in retirement. If you're in your 20s, cut Hulu, cut Netflix, Cut Spotify, invest all that money in retirement, and you might even retire a millionaire just by doing that every single month. But as business owners who run an operation, investing in a self-employment IRA, SEP, is a tax write-off. And I know you have to make money to need tax write-offs, but we have to start treating it like a business. So challenge, and I'd love for you to share with me if you do this, but if you don't have a retirement account, please go open. Please go start putting some money aside. I'm not talking thousands of dollars a month. I'm talking hundreds. I'm talking $50, $25. Just start saving for the future. The second thing that I am really interested in, and we talked a little bit on the podcast in previous episodes, but I think we need to put some more importance on the mother cow in our operations. I know it can be common to go to the sale and buy some bred cows that you have absolutely no background, but I think I talked about this in an episode that's coming up, or maybe it was past this summer when we were in Texas, my dad and I went into a deer farm and that's the best way I can describe it, but by far one of the most fascinating, coolest things that I've ever done in my entire life. 
And he said something that really stuck to me. He said, female will almost always produce a buck bigger than in the past, I guess is the right way to put it. But a buck will almost never produce a buck bigger than itself. Let's sink that in for a minute. If we apply that to agriculture, we're saying that a herd sire is going to produce calves to the same level as that herd sire. But a female, a cow, has the ability to turn out a herd sire better than her last. And that just really got me thinking. We have put so much focus on the bulls, and don't get me wrong, 50% of the equation. But I don't think the other 50% is weighed equally. And I think we need to put a little bit more importance on that. There are things that are highly heritable that we let cows get away with that we would never raise our hand at a bull sale and buy a bull that had those traits. And so just food for thought. I think we need to pay more attention to the cow. I think we need to keep better records. We need to cull a little bit harder. And we need to be more intentional when we add females to our operation. So I encourage you to... Look at the females that you have in your herd. If you're planning to grow, which I think a lot of opportunity is to grow right now, um, I think we're going to see a lot of the number of cows in the U.S. go up in 2023 and 2024. But just think about how you're adding females to your herd. Think about them producing calves that were better than last year's. What does that cow need to look like? And if last year she produced a 400-pound calf, she probably needs to go down the road if you normally produce six or 700-pound calves. So this is just an episode of tangents. So I hope that you guys like this. But these are just things that I think about and things that I don't understand in production agriculture. So the next one, and I had a whole episode with Brady Blackett on this topic, and it's still something that rubs me wrong. Birth weight and calving ease are not the same thing. And for some reason, we have gotten them lumped together. And I'm actually really fearful for what shorter gestation cattle are doing as a whole to the industry. I think we're seeing it more in feedlot cattle with illness. I think we're seeing it in reproduction. I think we're seeing all of these factors down the road that we have not associated with shorter gestation. But calving ease and birth weight are not the same thing. Birth weight is exactly what it sounds, right? It's pounds at birth. The way that they lighten cattle up is they shorten the gestation. Calving ease is all about structure and design of the calf and the birthing canal and all of that. Two very different things. You can have calving ease and not be low birth weight. And you can have low birth weight and not be calving ease. And so as you are starting to look at bull sales and you're starting to pay attention to that, then I think it's important to know what your cow herd needs. Do you need to shorten gestation? And are you planned and prepared for a shortened gestation? Or do you need to change the structure and the design of the calving experience? And focus more on a calving ease bull. I think a standard cow should be able to have a 90 pound calf. And I think for a lot of operations, the calves that we are naturally drawn to, the ones that come out, they get up and they start sucking, 
they are 85 or 90 pounds, which leads me right into another thought. I think you should weigh your calves if you're a commercial cattleman. Not all of them, but a good chunk of them. I think it's really hard to gauge. I know it is for us, and we see a lot of cattle. And it skews our perspective. If we see a calf that we think looks just the right size, we need to know what just the right size is in your mind. So carry around a set of scales and start to weigh some calves and keep notes on what that looks like. And it just gives you a better idea to be a judge of the bulls you're buying and how they are, um, how the calves are coming out and how that combination, that breeding decision is working. But also it's really good to tune in your eyes and to figure out what 60 pounds actually looks like. What does 80 pounds actually look like? And I think that a cow should be able to have an 85, 95 pound calf. I think if she's not, that is because we have done something wrong generations ago in the management. I'm going to relate this to humans, and I've never had kids, so if I'm completely off basis, please tell me. But they often say that a woman, if she has a C-section on her first one, right, chances are she's going to has a higher opportunity to have a C-section on the second one. If we allow cows to birth 60-pound calves for years upon years upon years, generations on generations, do you think we're actually changing their structural makeup? to where 60 pounds is all of their ability. I don't know. And I don't even know if anyone else in the world thinks about that, but I do. Like, are we training the body of cattle, (laughs) very technical terms tonight, to be different because of these shortened gestations? I don't know. Food for thought. Ladies, this one's for you. Have you been looking for the perfect planner that will help you start on the right foot. We've created the Cattleman U Planner for ranch women, wives, mothers, and daughters who are looking to improve their operation. Our planner is packed full of the tools that will help you learn more about ranching, working with others, and knowing yourself. Not only does it include a calendar, but it's also jam-packed full of intentional questions and thoughts and action items to move the needle forward. Grab yours today at kettlemanulive.com slash planner. The other thing that I really struggle with and something that I think a lot about is the way that we procure or buy bulls and how you pick bulls for your herd, I think is really important. And I see a lot of people playing defense versus offense. I talk about this all the time in the marketing world and when I'm leading a team, defense versus offense. But let me just describe what that means. When you're playing defense, you are protecting And you are always one step behind because offense gets to make the decisions. When you're playing offense, you're making the decisions. You have the game ball. And I think sometimes in our bull purchases, we play defense versus offense. We're not as intentional as we should be. And I see this because the auction game is 
something that gets exciting and that's part of it, which I love. And I think it's a great way to sell bowls. Don't, don't hear me and think that I'm discouraging that. But I'm not sure we study bowls enough that we're going to buy. And I'm not sure that we look at all of our options before we make a decision. It's important where you buy your bowls. One of the first questions that feeders ask me is where do they buy their bowls? But also they ask me the quality of the bowls. And they ask me if the traits of the bulls that you're buying fill some of the gaps that they see in your calves so that next year your cattle will be better. It's a good question. Do you know the gaps in your herd? Are you buying herd bulls that fill those gaps? And it's just a thought. I think there's a lot of room for us to take some of these decisions more seriously. And again, you're the exception to the rule. Don't hear me say this and think I'm talking negative. I'm not. I just want to get your brain turning and get you thinking about some things that maybe you haven't thought about before. Another thing that drives me crazy and I don't understand as an industry is we love the look of a 1,000 or 1,100 pound bread heifer, but we would like our mature cows to weigh 1,350. Those two do not go hand in hand, unfortunately. I don't push my bread heifers. As most of you know, I run about 100 mother cows. And I played all of the opportunities and the games with my herd because I like to experiment. So my bread heifers, when we breed them, weigh about eight and a quarter. And it's really important to me. Oftentimes when the AI tech comes, they'll say, I think your heifers are too small. And I smile because I know they're not. But if you want a 1,200, 1,300 pound mature cow, you cannot be buying 1,000 or 1,100 pound bread heifers. You just can't. You absolutely cannot do that. It doesn't work. And I'm naturally attracted to the 1,000, 1,100 pound bread heifers too. When a ring full of them comes into the sale, I get excited versus a ring full of ones that weigh 850. But if having moderate framed cattle is your goal, we got to buy bread heifers that are designed smaller. And often they're a little cheaper because the market is looking for those bigger framed, fleshier bread heifers. So I just want you to notice that trend this fall. There's going to be lots of females selling this fall. And just watch that trend and see how that works. Another thing that my vet was talking to me about that really intrigued me, and I don't know that there's much conversation. I don't know how much this has been studied. So again, if you want to call my bluff or you don't think this is accurate, please do. Please let me know because it's something that has really stuck with me. So we were doing scrotal circumferences. And as you know, the scrotal circumference of a bull is directly related to the udder size of his female offspring. So there's a correlation between those two. But also, my vet mentioned something that there is kind of a tipping point where scrotal size gets too big and it affects female offspring fertility. Have you heard that? Is that accurate? Because that's really fascinating because at least I thought that scrotal size was kind of the bigger the better. And I know that, you know, there's outliers, but 
if there's really a tipping point where it affects females' fertility of their offspring, that's something we need to pay attention. And just got me thinking about the type of bulls we buy, the type of bulls I raise and I sell to my customers. And also, if it's correlated to udder size, some of the cows that I have that their udders are too big and they're producing too much milk and they get mastitis and some other things like that. Can I trace that back? Again, none of this is science. (laughs) All of this is just things in the industry that really have me perplexed and something I just think a lot about. I drive up and down the road, as you guys know, a lot. And my mind just kind of turns and burns on some of these topics. But I think overall, and like I said, I'm going to have a whole fad episode coming up. And if you have fads or questions about the industry that I can answer, I am happy to. I would love to do that for you. But this whole conversation, I think the one thing that I want you to get out of this is we have to stop running on autopilot. And that's really hard to say. I see my brother work 12, 13 hours, and I'm sure you are too, if you're in production agriculture. I think we have to add some intentionality, some business back. And I think we need to think about running our operations like a business. What would that look like? What changes would need to be made? And I am really passionate about making sure that the next generation is involved in agriculture. And something that we talk about in the Kettleman U Planner is the question, do you want your kids to ranch? Would you give them the exact situation that you're in? And the sad thing is, is I'm hearing a lot of parents say no, that there's too much stress, right? We had that real go viral on Kettleman U and it talked about the suicide rates. It's up to us to change things. It's up to us to make a difference. And this isn't like any of my other episodes, and you might hate it in fact, but what I hope I've done is give you the freedom to think outside the box and to ask questions that might be stupid. I've probably said some stupid things on this podcast that you're going to absolutely disagree with, but we have to start the conversation. We have to start tweaking the way we think, being more intentional, playing offense. I don't think we can wait anymore. And I'm cheering you on. I think everyone who wants to be in production agriculture needs to be in production agriculture. But I just don't want us to go through the motions. And I really want you to sit on that thought. Are you being intentional with your operation? Or are you going through the motions? We all have seasons of our life. And some of us have to be in a season of autopilot, right? Because it's harvest, um, we're weaning calves, whatever it looks like. But you have to put time on your calendar to switch back into offense if you're in defense mode right now. And I just think we got we to gotta have a wake-up call. We just can't be doing production ag like we've done in the past. And I'm going to talk a lot more about that in Kettleman U and the Profit Finder series that we have launching. I think there's a lot of opportunities, but don't be afraid to ask dumb questions. Like I said, you probably think something I said in this episode is stupid, but I hope it's giving you permission and freedom to think differently and think outside the box. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Kettle Menu community. And 
I really hope that you've learned something today or something I said spurred a thought or a question or some action in your operation. That's my goal. And I'd love to know if you got something out of this. I'd love to know if you agreed. Again, it's kind of me rambling, but I would love to know how some of these things that perplex me hit in your world, what kind of feedback, what kind of thoughts you have, if you think I'm off base or completely on track, I'd love to know. So please send us a message, send me an email, but I hope you all enjoyed this episode and we have some great episodes coming up. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cattleman You podcast. Don't forget to subscribe at cattlemanulive.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to review when you get there. We are excited to learn alongside you and remember the grass is greener where you water it.